alive. How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire. Hi guys. Ever. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Relax. It's all in bad taste. Get off your fucking phone, mate. We're starting to record. What are you doing? Turn your fucking phone off and get your fucking head get in the game. Get your head in the fucking game. Some get of you, us showed up prepared, he says, turning his phone on silent. Oh, shit, my phone's actually on. I don't think my phone's on silent either. Oh, you're going to have to check that, mate. Jack's still filming with his clamp anyway, so... I'm playing with my clamp. <laughs> you have playing time. with his clamp. Yeah, you heard. Does he have to roll the D20 for that? In order to see if he doesn't rip it off. You guys know who Gary Gygax is, right? Gary Glitter. No. I know Gary Glitter. Gary Gygax? Gary, that doesn't sound like a real name. <laughs> sounds like a made-up name. Is he a Marvel villain? Oh, fuck. It does sound like a made-up name. Yeah, I can't tell if you're being sincere or not, really. Just, no, it does sound like a made-up name. Have you heard of Gary Gygax? Has Hannah heard of Harry Gygax? The fuck is Gary Harry Gygax? Gygax. <laughs> What's happening right now? <laughs> Gary Gygax created Dungeons & Dragons. Oh! That Gary Gygax. Oh, we know Gary. We know Gary. Oh, Gary. I know Gary. Everyone knows Gary. Oh, Gary. God. Alright, let's get on with it. Oh, fine, fuck it, yeah. Welcome, nerds. Welcome to the Bad Taste Buds podcast, where we talk trash about the very best of the very worst in cinema. I'm your dungeon master, Liam, and joining me today, we have the fairest maiden of the land, Jack. Hello. He's so fair. If you want you guys could see him instead of listening to him, he's, he's so fair. <laughs> uh, and next to him, we also have our resident bog witch, Hannah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we have... Jack's ever regrowing virginity. I expect it's going to come back three times tonight, at, at least. At least three times. Is that how it works? I, I think don't... you have to grow a hymen every time. No, I'm not a nerd, Jack. He says that having you played are... D&D multiple times. I think you're the Robert. biggest nerd in the bunch <laughs> with your JRPGs. Yeah, I think you and Jack are, you, you probably... are on like, level a lot of the time. But... I think we're probably yeah. the yeah, the dorkiest of the four. Me and yeah, Hannah me and, and get off scot-free. Scot-free, like, we're, we're fine. Yeah. Scot-free. Shut up. I hate it when Scott gets free. You're relatively dorky, but you're not like... Ultra dorky. Not too dorky. No. Uh, I mean, we, we're all here um, hoping, all <laughs> hoping to get a, shine a little light on uh, it's a subject that we recently have become quite obsessed with. As in the last year or two, um, we're all quite avid fans of the role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. And we're going to watch the movie today, if you couldn't tell from the opening, with the whole Dungeon Master thing. Uh, that's what we're doing, Dungeons & Dragons. I know, Jack, you specifically, uh, probably our biggest D&D nerd in the group. Ryan, again, not, not far behind you. So, as people... <laughs> Whatever that was. Whatever fucking that was. Uh, no, I've got penguins on the brain. I was, I was quacking. So, um, as you may know, Dungeons & Dragons is like a fantasy tabletop RPG. Uh, probably the most popular one out on the market. Uh, it was originally designed by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson and published in 1974 by TSR. Uh, most people... Wait, wait, what's a TSR? What's TSR stand for again, Hannah? I'm sure you've got that. <laughs> the Tactical Studies Rules. It's almost as if you had that prepared. <laughs> what, what do they do? I'm pretty sure they made their own company to publish their own games and things like that. I'm pretty sure Gary Gygax yeah, sure was one like, of the... Sort of like the I don't want to board of d and I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but is, does anyone know what... Have they done anything else? Has anything else happened as far as what they've... You're literally looking at me like, why did you fucking ambush me? <laughs> you didn't tell me to research this, Liam. <laughs> No, it I matter. don't know if those two specifically did, but obviously there's hundreds of different tabletop RPGs. Yeah. Things like Shadowrun. Okay, um, okay. Cyberpunk was originally a tabletop RPG. Oh, really? And then that's been t- yeah, oh, yeah it, it's meant to be pretty good as well, actually. We'll have to get on it. Um but there's you know, there's hundreds of them out there, but D D is probably the most well known, probably the biggest household name Sick. and probably the most popular one to date. 
Uh, it's currently fifth edition D and D that most people play, which I think came out in about twenty fourteen. Okay, yeah, we're all five E players, aren't we? Yeah. Was that, so. a, is that like a is that just fifth edition? Fifth edition. That's the version of D and D we're currently playing. Yeah. Just to just to let you guys know, so you may have already caught us on the point five episode where we have played our own one off Dungeons and Dragons campaign with Jack as our dungeon master. Um, obviously, kind of a little bit of fun. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, please do go listen to it. Uh, but for today, we are going to watch the 2000 Dungeons & Dragons movie directed by Courtney Solomon. Which sounds like it's got fuck all to do with Dungeons & yeah, Dragons. Yeah, from what I can tell, yeah. it's it's kind of um, its own little weird fantasy film that they slapped the name Dungeons & Dragons on. Are there dungeons? Probably. I haven't seen the film. Will there be dragons? Yes, think? there's definitely there dragons. definitely a dragon. Definitely dragons, well, plural. Most likely Dungeons & Dragons. By that definition, isn't um, like 90% of fantasy Lord of the films. Rings. Yeah, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Dungeons, Dungeons, Aragorn. Dungeons Aragorn. It essentially Dungeons all is... Uh, we could make a Dungeons and Dragons campaign based off all of these things. It would make perfect sense. Even all of the races that are there. What's our favorite fantasy canon. film while we're here? Just out of interest. Lord of the Rings. It's no such question. a yeah. It's such an easy response. That's that's mine as well. I'm not actually a massive fantasy person. It's probably lower down on my genre, so I'm kind of going to take a little bit of a backseat on this one. But Lord of the Rings is pretty fucking exceptional. Not the Hobbit though. Fuck that fucking franchise. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm with you there. I fell asleep doing the second one. Yeah, I went to go see. Off, I went to go see the third one at the cinema, yeah. and they did like a back to back to back screening, and I was asleep by the third one. I remember the battle, and I remember yeah. on behalf of the people of Lake Town, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, Peter Jackson got shafted on those. That that was not a pleasant experience for him. So I, I don't really blame him. But yeah, fuck those movies. Um, Hannah, fantasy films? Do we like? Do we not like? What we think? No, I do like. I do like. Um, Harry Potter's got a special place in my heart, to be honest, for fantasy films. But Lord of the Rings is fucking exceptional. So, so I bring this up because around about the same time that this was all planned, Dungeons and Dragons came out. Was around <laughs> about the same time Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings yep. came out. Yeah, literally a year after, as well as Shrek, Spirited Away. So some pretty sort of. We were like heavy into fantasy in the early two thousands. Yeah, it was massively. Big. It was big. And then this, I mean, I knew about this film. I'd never seen it. This is one of the first ones we're watching where none of us have seen the film. A Night's Tale came out about this time as well, 2001, which is fantastic. Again, fantasy, high level. There was a lot of competition. I had to read that at A-level. What, A Night's Tale? Yeah, the Chaucer poem. It's really dry. I'll be honest, I didn't even know it was a poem. It's like an epic poem from, we're in a lit, we're a literary podcast now. It's an epic poem from uh, <laughs> jo- jo- uh, Geoffrey Chaucer. Um, it's a very generic poem name, isn't it? A yeah. Knight's Tale. Oh, he does a whole, it's all serious. Yeah. There's like different tales for different people. It's fun. It's not fun. It's really boring. Um, but no, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, something really, really that we're getting into. I'm kind of excited for this to ruin my love for Dungeons and Dragons. I think we're, <laughs> we're all pretty excited for the for opportunity to ruin this thing that we like a lot. So I did a bit of background digging into like the production of the film and things. It's directed by a guy called Courtney Solomon, um, who apparently was trying to get this going since about 1990. So it was about oh. 10 years in the making to yeah, get Jesus. this film off the ground. Um, now, TSR Hobbies, the guys who published Dungeons and Dragons originally, ran into financial difficulties in 1983 and were bought out. I believe uh... most people got their shares to bought off them. And I think Lorraine Williams kind of pushed Gary Gygax out. Okay. Wait, now, so... Dungeons and Dragons is owned by Wizards of the Coast, who make the Pokemon trading card game, Magic the Gathering. So poor Gary's not getting anything. There's no royalties coming his way. He's just like living in destitution, right? Is he, is he okay? I'm pretty sure he's still alive. I know, but bless <laughs> well, him. It's a high benchmark to be alive. Shit, Google, someone Google that. Shit, is Gary Gygax Can you still imagine, alive? though? You're in, you're, you're, like... I think, in fact, I think he might be dead. He released Dungeons and Dragons like in 1970. What did I say before? 1974. There are people who did things in 74 who were still alive, Jack. True. <laughs> but how long do you think he was working on it before 1974? That's a good point. Yeah. Imagine your like property being taken away from you like that. Like you just, it's your baby, and you've just kind of birthed it, and then no. someone fucking guys, he rubs is, away he from is you. dead. 
Oh. He died on the first of March, two thousand and eight. Should have known Aww. that. What did he die of? Did he did he roll did he Don't. roll did he roll a, na- <laughs> a natural one? <laughs> failed his death saving throw. Failed his death saving throw. Yeah. No, because now I'm death gonna feel really saving throw, not now- dex saving throw. <laughs> now now I'm gonna feel really bad if it was something like really serious, like I don't know, like he was suffering for many years. I'm gonna apologize to oh, the family. Yeah, There's that much less serious version of death's also common. Well no, but I feel quite bad if it wasn't by a horde of orcs <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Um, oh no let's let's move on let's, let's move on from no he to be fair we are big fans of the, the franchise that he birthed um so i think yeah shout out to him hannah you look mortified what have you done he suffered two strokes now <laughs> he avoided a subsequent <laughs> heart attack and then he was then diagnosed with oh. an abdominal erotic aortic sorry it's nice to know that this is the episode we get cancelled on. Damn! <laughs> Leave you monster. <laughs> All right, let's stop talking about Ronnie Daniels right along. We love you, Gary. I think it'd be chuffed, though, if you saw how many, like, it's massive. I think especially in the past 10 years, it's really boomed, hasn't yeah, it? It's, oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, we've spent strange... a couple of hundred on D&D stuff alone, right? Yeah, the books yeah. and things, man. Shit's expensive. It's like, but that's the thing. It's expanded into so many different, different mediums as well. So it's a board game. It's a role-playing game. It's books. It's... It's a film. It's a film, <laughs> well, it's a film series because what this we're not going to watch them, but this one two sequels like made for mm-hmm. TV. Sequels. And there's another one coming out in 2022. Yeah, it's almost like he's getting a re. Uh, this this Courtney guy is getting a shot at doing it properly this time. We hope because he's producing this this reboot. He's not directing it, which I think was his intention from the start was never to direct. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. From what I read again, um, I believe he never wanted to direct the film, but he was kind of pushed into it by the head of TSR. Um, Apparently he wanted James Cameron to do it, which would We're, have been pretty interesting. Yeah, the, 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 the D&D film we could have had. Like, <laughs> fuck me. From what I gathered, in a meeting with James Cameron in 1993, Lorraine Williams asked what his qualifications are. Terminator, who, Cam- who Cameron? Yeah, she asked James <laughs> fucking Cameron what his qualifications Terminator 2 had been out for two years, and Terminator 2 was a fucking masterpiece. This is, oh, Cameron made, like, right. like what, three of the best films of all time? Titanic hadn't, wasn't out at this point. That I, was wasn't, I wasn't counting Titanic. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> I don't like Titanic, but loads of people do. No one likes Titanic, apart from Hannah, probably because she's a woman. I hate Titanic. Oh, shit! <laughs> Casual uh, sexism is too much on this show. <laughs> um, but he also did Piranha 2, like James Cameron, so there's that, oh. which I think might be a film for the list, by the way. It was his first film. We're not, we're not, this is not a James Cameron podcast right now, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> is that related to Piranha 3D? Yeah, it's the same series. He did, like, that was his first film gig, was the sequel to Piranha, the first, like, 1970s Piranha, and he directed Piranha 2, the fucking spawning or something, where they can fly. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> on um, the list. <laughs> it's on the list. But yeah, this guy... It was always his intention to, to produce, I think, and it's nice to see him get a second chance at this. Hopefully the 2022 version does it justice, because it's getting some good directors behind it, from what I could tell. Some guys who've done kind of some interesting projects in the I past. I think they both worked on uh, writers of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, or yeah. Spider-Man Far From or one, one, one of the, the two. Ones, yeah. yeah. So that's promising. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely more promising than a guy who didn't actually want to direct. It wasn't because this guy, what he did, he went on to produce a shit ton of films, but his directing credits stop at kind of. He did a pretty shitty low budget horror film called The Haunting, American Haunting, or something like that. I've never seen it. it looks shocking. And he did another action film with Ethan Hawke, I think I can't remember what it was called, but it looked pretty pretty fucking piss poor. Um, but yeah, I think if hopefully this might be a redemptive arc for the guy, he gets to come back and kind of do it properly and maybe put a little bit more more oomph behind it and if it goes bad this time he has no one to oh yeah if, if this is bad again we are covering the 2022 version when we when we when we get a chance to and we're gonna rip it to shit because that's to, to fill me once <laughs> but i can't remember if we said this before but i do feel pretty sad for courtney really 
or Solomon. Um, Courtney or Solomon. Courtney or Solomon. To, to the two <laughs> separate people. Courtney not only does she not know how to pronounce names, she's now splitting them up and just making them <laughs> fucking people entirely. But he, he sort of knew his shortcomings with this film and it, I think he, he sort of accepted the fact that it, it was a bad film overall, but it's something that he had a passion for. It's something that he really wanted to do well. Um, and it's why I initially passed it over to Warner Brothers. Um, don't know what happened in between the Warner Brothers and then it going to Paramount, but it was initially meant to come out in 2015. Um, and this, Hold on, the 2000 the new, one. It was yeah, so the on, 2000 and the one that's coming out in 2022 was originally meant oh, to be released I in 2015. You meant the one that came out in 2000. It was meant to get 15 years more <laughs> yeah. pre-production. The, the actors need to age for the final <laughs> season. You know? see, at least that's a good thing because he would have died and not it's seen like, it what's, otherwise. What's that film, Boy, <laughs> the one where they like filmed it over? There's like kids like 22 year lifespan. It's like that, but with dragons and shit. That would be head for the guys. Um, the CGI is really shit at the start of the film, and it just gets better and better <laughs> as the film goes better. on. Um, I think again, just like Cats last week, we have another case of what kind of fucking blackmail did this studio or director have on these actors so that they could <laughs> get all these people in this shit? I just like what the fuck is going well, on right now. Jeremy Irons said that he he just bought a castle. Um, and needed in to pay Cork for it. In Cork and Ireland, I think, and he was just like really blase about it. I was yeah, saying, fair play, it. he just needed to pay for it. I was so saying to Jack before. I was saying to Jack before we started recording this episode that I feel like Jeremy Irons is like the Samuel Jackson of the fantasy world, where he'll just take anything because it's a fucking paycheck, and good for him. Yeah, Aragon like, stands, yeah. stands out as that choice as well, doesn't it? Irons is such a good actor who I know for a fact has done a series of shitty films, and I'm fine with that. Like, good for him. Yeah, he's paying for his castle. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Aragon books are actually decent, but the film was. I've never. I've, I've seen the film, and it's pretty fucking. Abysmal. I've not that read really the books. put me off reading the books. I don't read fantasy. I haven't read the last one, but yeah. the first three were excellent. I've heard nothing like up. I've heard a lot. There are a lot of fans for that film, just like there are a lot of fans for D and D. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we get like I'm me and you had a rewatching Dark Materials. That was a fantasy series that we really liked. Who kind of now just getting a good adaptation after they got yeah. one of the worst fucking adaptations fuck in history was the <laughs> with the Golden Compass movie, which was shocking. Um, fantasy is a weird one. I think fantasy is coming back into the fray after it was kind of. Early 2000s was a big time for fantasy, and I think we're really seeing a resurgence in fantasy at the moment. And I, I think the no 2000s managed to show what they could actually do with CGI and such, though, didn't it? Like, it, it really presented yeah. it with Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, all that sort of stuff. It was sort of the beginning of it. And then the next step is being is, is starting to be taken. Like, I know that people hate things like the Jungle Book and stuff, and, and even Cats, but the CGI in it, it is getting better to points where it can be phenomenal at the moment. <laughs> I don't hate Cats. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know much about this movie, but I'm ready to formulate an opinion. Trailer? I'm ready for trailer? the trailer. trailer? Let's, tra- let's do some trailer talk. Let's get this trailer going. Let's see what we're about to put ourselves through. Yeah, let's do it. In a faraway world... All people deserve to be free and equal. The forces of darkness... You can control dragons. ...have threatened to conquer a kingdom. Dungeons and Dragons. We've returned from I'm our adventure. I'm fucking excited to watch this. That was so cool. Ryan's and Ryan, Ryan's erect right now. Oh, why wouldn't that be? Jeremy there were Irons, dungeons, there were dragons. Yeah. Jeremy Irons, <laughs> dungeons and dragons. I actually kind of want to pick up on that because as much as we were saying, how can they make a fantasy film? What there were elements of the game in that with the whole quest stuff and rewards. And well, of course, it's after every fantasy, fantasy movie. Yeah, that's just yeah, I feel like they don't emphasize like literally taking a quest in like. I, I don't know if I know fantasy. Oh, that like well, Lord of the Rings, there's no quests in that. No, no, they don't. They don't literally say. Up a mountain. You can all fuck off. This is my podcast. I'll fire the lawyers. No, but I think I think I would recognize it being Dungeons and Dragons is what I'm trying to say. I mean, there are creatures. This is the thing. You mentioned that there are 
Dungeons and Dragons. I saw a Beholder specific, in the trailer, yeah. who is a, which is a D&D specific sort of Which leads me to believe that it's going to be more actually akin to the games than I thought it was going to be, where I thought they were just going to slap the name on a generic fantasy film, but it actually looks like they've put a little bit I of mean, effort in. I mean, they've put we'll one see. monster in yeah. that we recognise, we'll and see. they've taken <laughs> one quest. <laughs> well, we know what a dragon is. Do we? Can we talk oh, about can we talk about the special effects? Can we talk about the special effects, please? It looks like a PS2 game. It does. It's got those PS2. It's got those Scorpion King graphics. That's why I always go back to the uh, fucking Mummy Returns Scorpion <laughs> yeah, King graphics. Where, that's the litmus test. Yeah, it's just bad. It's like horrendously eye bleedingly bad. But if the CGI is the worst of this, and I think I might actually enjoy this one. It's not like bad CGI should not make or break a film, but we do have to bear in mind things like the original X Men film was out. Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. Yeah. You know, Harry fucking There's Potter. less of an excuse, like, I think, at this point. But uh, you know what? Again, a lot of those films, Harry Potter, uh, Lord of the Rings, use a lot more practical effects, which I think you, uh, an accomplished director, will, will bleed practical and special effects seamlessly, and they use them kind of in tandem. This one looks like it's entirely CGI, which I think is the problem. Like, yeah. they're just throwing whatever whatever budget they had, they threw everything on these new fucking computer graphics, and nothing looks practical. Like, even I'm... the backgrounds, the sets don't even look practical. I am really excited for Richard O'Brien, though. Who, he was in it. The, crystal, the crystal maze guy, you know. Yeah. Okay, this really got me watching this. There are so many actors in the trailer that I was thinking, like, what the fuck? Why didn't I know they were in this? And I noticed as well in the trailer they didn't mention any of the actors' names or nah. actors. They're names. all too ashamed to. <laughs> and you've got big names. I'll be in it, but don't put my name on it. Single one. We've got a cast list, which is a big question well, mark yeah, on we, a piece we, of A4 We've paper. got Richard O'Brien, obviously from Crystal Mayer's fame and from Rocky Horror fame. We've got uh, Tom Jeremy Baker, Irons. Doctor Tom, Who. War Doctor Who's fucking popped up in his TARDIS. Yeah, they've sourced some dragons out. <laughs> we've got Marlon Wayans, just in case you weren't sure that this was an early 2000s film. We've got Marlon fucking Wayans from the Scary Movie franchise. It's a weird one. Thor Birch is in this, who I think was quite popular in a lot of teen rom comedies back in the day. Wasn't she in American Beauty with That's Kevin the one, Spacey yeah. the year before? That's her. And yeah. So again, kind of a weird one where the cast is pretty exceptional and it just looks atrocious and I can't wait. No, I'm looking forward to this. What, right, I can't wait for I think I'll stay awake. So I think we're all about ready to get on and watch this bad boy. What are we all hoping to get from this experience? I'm hoping to get a reinvigorated love for fantasy films. I think it's going to happen. Oh, personally, a plus two in intelligence would be nice, but I feel like if I incorporate any part of the film into my life, I'm just going to get a big old fucking charisma debuff. I'm going to do the trailer, I think. <laughs> my initial reaction is Jeremy Irons is going to carry this film. Yeah. Because his acting just looks so fucking extra in the trailer. Yeah. And I, if that's how he's acting for the entire film, I am on board. I think it looks good. As always, I am just excited. Hey <laughs> for the ride. I was just happy to be here. I Christina Ricci in the first one, right? Oh, From... Christina Ricci in the first one playing Cash. Yeah. That's just uh, the Casper movie. I'm guessing this is where we're going to come in on it because we've just come back from watching Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. I was saying the effects team must have worked on Casper and Wendy because the spells looked exactly the same where it's just some sparkly lights coming out of a finger. It's some Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like 90s sitcom level CGI. But yeah, we've just come back from D&D. We've got thoughts. Uh, I think we all kind of enjoyed this one. Well, to different degreeing levels. Uh, I was in and out. Yeah, I, I would say I liked... I liked every single scene. There, there were like moments where the main cast are kind of dull. Uh, but every scene with Jeremy Irons is fucking exceptional. Like, oh, yeah. Let's do a, a quick round of what we thought. Did we enjoy it? I, I think it's a pretty entertaining bad movie. Yeah, I'm with it. 
There were bits where I checked out. I, I was in and out. It had me a lot of the time. Jeremy Irons and Damodar did it for me. I was entertained when they were on <laughs> the Jeremy screen. Irons and Damodar. So you went with the actor and then a, a, a different character. You couldn't do Fine. two actors or two characters. Trophion and Bruce Payne were... No! Really... The wrong fucking thing! <laughs> well, I've said them both now, so can't complain. Swear to God. They were both really entertained, and the side characters in this were really doing it for me, but I think when the main plot was... Doing this exposition thing, I kept just zoning out for a while. There were a few like duller moments, but I think overall I had a fun time. Jack yeah, and it was Nana. like ten minutes, like two lots of ten minutes, maybe. Yeah, I had a great time. I think it was really entertaining. You I clapped like a dad like four <laughs> times. Oh, I, I laughed a lot. It was just like the really bad bits. I think my fi- like the bit where it's really dramatic because he steps on the screw and he fucking misses. Oh, oh. he... There's some like st- soup. St- soup. <laughs> There's. <laughs> It's Sue Bryant. <laughs> there's some spectacular continuity errors throughout this thing, but that one in particular, yeah, there's a moment where the bad guy's like trying to get the scroll off this girl who's crawling towards it, and it's maybe this super menacing, like he's going to step on the scroll like right next to her hand, and he just misses entirely. She looks up and she's like, shit. But let's use that take. Yeah, let's let's not that. redo it. Let's not <laughs> redo it. It was one of those things where it's like, yeah, we, we only have a certain number of days to fucking film this thing. I don't give a shit. Look fine. Overall, highly entertaining. Yeah. Um, as a D&D player, there were some frustrations, which we'll get onto. In the yeah, moment. there's a few like, but, inconsistencies, um, right? Just, uh, just laugh at it. Don't take it too seriously. Overall, good film. Yeah, of course, with dull bits, but every time... Jeremy Irons was on stage. Irons, Jeremy Irons. That's Jeremy Irons. That's Jer- the chemist in me. Jeremy Irons and and Bruce Payne and a lot of the other sidecasts were on. It was superb. I agree. The main three were Dollars Dishwater, yeah, you, but it yeah. makes up for it with the supporting cast. I wish it was more of them, if I'm being honest. But Hannah, what do we think? No, the supporting cast made it for me. It was brilliant. I think that's a consensus we all have is we enjoyed the kind of the, the supporting cast, the terrible CGI, the the fantastic fantasy elements that they borrow almost like lift from fucking Lord of the Rings. Although you were you saying this was prior this... to Lord of the Rings, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So like the I score mean, that they the had. The Lord of the Rings was written quite a while. True. Before, yeah. Like, true. You know, mm-hmm. Many many years 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 prior. Do you want to give us a quick overview of what's actually going on here? There were a few times where I think me, you, and Ryan Hannah, we were quite. We were a little bit like scratching our heads, like what the <laughs> fuck is going on? But Jack, you seem to follow it anyway. Right. So it was set in the kingdom of Isma, where wizards use their magic to rule the land. Um, the Empress has a staff which can summon an army of gold dragons, just as you do. Just as you do. Um, and she wanted to use it to help promote equality. Yeah, I think so. And the ruling council were like, no, that's a shite idea. It yeah. a staff. Um, so she sent out some adventurers to get the red dragon staff, which is apparently better than the gold dragon staff. Red beats um, gold, yeah. You'd think gold, you'd <laughs> you'd think, think gold would be red, right? But yeah, no. you'd think so, but apparently not in this. Yeah. So yeah, they go out on a quest to get the, the red staff. Um, the evil guy, what was his name again? Protheon. Protheon, yeah. Protheon, um, yeah. He wants the red staff too. Bit of back and forth there with a bit of like Phantom Menace esque. I love the Senate politics. Oh, a lot of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, our adventurers get the red staff. There's a bit of a scrap with the red and gold dragons at the end, and everyone except what was his name? Snails lives happily Snails. after. Snails. Snails. Yeah. Never know. You oh, know no, sorry, yeah. in a red staff. We haven't seen He's Dungeons back. and Dragons two or three. There could be there could be the adventures of Snail afterwards. <laughs> uh, I think I'm glad you picked up on that Star Wars point because I got a lot of those vibes, especially the uh, the prequels with the whole like Senate stuff. That, it felt like a one. Ah, yeah, and the young, swear, the young queen ruler yeah, who was like Padme a, kind of thing. Yeah. I Big swear, Padme. in that audience, I saw Count Dooku. I, he was there. <laughs> yeah. I saw his beard. He, he was one of the big guys, and he was there. I swear. It's like, I think Christopher Lee was quoted in the cast list. You know. <laughs> I could be wrong. 
it's 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 kind of um it it detracts from it a little bit. Like I think those scenes those scenes like, they they elevate because they're mostly the scenes with Jeremy Irons in, and any scene he's in, he just brings the fucking cheese. He's like, so extra, isn't he? Yeah, it's Perfect. brilliant. He just, he, he's like just fucking it's immediate there. as well. Yeah. It's like the first scene is this sweeping shot of these fucking awful CGI towers, which they go back to like four times, and I got fucking motion sick the entire time. Uh, and the, but the, the first proper scene with any of the cast is, is Jeremy Irons in his massive fucking cloak with his fucking gloves and his fucking blue-lipped henchman, and it's the campest fucking thing you'll ever see. All the nonsense spell words that make no sense. Yeah, he's just chanting them. random shit, and it's just it's perfect. I love the fact that every time he's being a big buddy, he's dressed in black, and then when he has to go to the Senate and pretend to be a nice guy, <laughs> he's dressed in white as well. I'll put like, it so, Ooh, is, I'll, he, oh, is he pretending to be a good guy? robes now? flowing. Yeah, it's like, I feel like the subtext there that we're It's like baby's first meeting. Media class. It's like, yeah, it's the first first fucking kids out of fucking six four media trying to do like color, color coding and shit like that. It's 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 pretty abysmal. I think all the adults got it though for the most part. They knew what movie they were in. They really leaned into the stereotypes. Irons does anyway. At least at least Irons and what was the what was the henchman called again? The the actor called it something Payne. Bruce Bruce Max Payne. Payne. Bruce. What a name, Bruce. Yeah, Payne. fucking Bruce, Bruce Payne. Payne. He, them two get the assignment, and again, you kind of see that they probably either saw this as a paycheck or just a bit have like a moment to have a bit of fun, which I kind of appreciate. I think anytime you watch, that's why their scenes spark more. I think like they, you can tell they're enjoying themselves. Where I almost wonder the scenes that don't work, which I think I'm, I, I know which ones don't work for me. It's it's mostly any scene with the, as you were saying, Jack, the core three. Uh, Marlon Wayans especially it's this really early noughties form of humour that just doesn't really resonate I think anymore again Phantom Menace quotes he's a very yeah. Jar Jar sidekick. sidekick isn't he yeah. Yeah. it tries to be funny it's not funny but yeah. when it's trying to be serious it's really fucking funny they do these tender moments where the relationship his between last name's Freeborn Ridley Freeborn is that it <laughs> yeah it's just generic <laughs> hero name it's insert here yeah <laughs> Um, they do these tender moments where they try and develop their relationship, but they can, they can't have those tender moments without punctuating it with a joke. And it's like, it's let me have it. Let me have it. Like, let me have some development. Have in every single movie, you think, never get that development. I think we can all agree on um, the best elements being the scenes with uh, Richard O'Brien as well, who is always fantastic. They they kind of uh, stop the film entirely to have. Basically, an episode of the Crystal Maze happened with it. Was it. Wicked. <laughs> it was, was the best scene. There was actually moments in that where I was excited and a bit tense. On that, the bones that were in the maze were real bones. This was in the Czech Republic, and they are bones of people that were in the graveyard. Was it a real maze as well? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They didn't tell Chris. The, uh, the spiritual ground's really big in the maze. They didn't tell Richard O'Brien that it wasn't an episode of Crystal Maze. He just thought it was a really lavish ex- episode of it. But yeah, uh, well, that that doesn't surprise me too much. That, that bit where thing. he slaps, um, what was her name? Oh, he slaps her ass. Yeah, he, yeah. he slaps her on the backside, and you can just see he's just so not into it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the least <laughs> convincing like, masculine. Like, grit his teeth as he does it. Why would anyone want like Richard O'Brien to do hyper masculinity like? Like fucking misogyny. I wouldn't have called that performance hyper masculine. Well, no, but you know what I mean. Even though he had to slap a girl's butt, it was the campiest performance. I love, excellent. I love Richard O'Brien. He's fucking excellent. Just a shame did. him and Damador weren't on the screen together at the same time. They had like one scene, but they weren't like in pro- close proximity, I guess. But they were in that one scene where they raided the Crystal Maze afterwards for the map. I love how we don't actually know the name of the place. And we'll just the, crystal the, the Crystal Maze. <laughs> Who knows? Who fucking knows? But yeah, it does seem like Marlon Wayans especially feels like he's in white chicks too rather than a D&D it's, it's so off-putting it's Chris Tucker's so, fifth element yeah, isn't it it is it's, it's just so that, out of place sort of again the black side character <laughs> with like all of the kind of stereotypical just bad humour and, and he's screaming just, every five minutes like it's, it's, it, I, I don't know 
it probably wasn't funny at the time, but it's definitely no. not aged well in twenty years. Oh, it's re- it's 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 like bordering on offensive. Like I feel like a lot of people watching it, I would I would call it it's probably an offensive stereotype. Um, you cheered when he died. You well, cried <laughs> when there was the indication that he might come so back. So there's to like life. halfway through the film, he sacrifices himself in this like epic like hero moment. Like give me a moment to to do what's right. And like yeah, they they do this thing at the end where they like, tease him coming back. I was like, they better not fucking do it. The only way I want to see him be brought back by a fucking necromancer is so I can watch him die again. That's the only fucking thing I want to see out of it. We'll have to watch the rest of the films. D and D too. I think you're ready yeah. to watch the rest of the films. I think you're actually invested in this franchise now. I, I wouldn't go that far, but it was in, Lord of the Rings. It was yeah. a pleasant surprise. I think it was it entertaining. Was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was entertaining from beginning to end. Um, I don't really have too many bad things to say about. It. There was like moments of of lag yeah i guess but it happens in every film what are some of our favorite moments if- i love the bit where he just shouts give me the rod it just <laughs> the, la- <laughs> the last scene give like, that's, me the rod. you're right it's like during this big epic battle that i seem to think comes out of nowhere oh yeah it was just like okay we're fighting now there didn't seem yeah. to be much preamble to it, it was like just- our heroes are off doing something else they're finding the rod and then we cut to mid fucking cgi dragon battle taking over the city end of game of thrones level shit like but ps2 ps1 hagrid yeah i think we graphics. were too we were too generous when we said ps2 graphics because this is like ps1 level if if that like, it's not good it's fucking awful man <laughs> what was interesting as like D nerds and you guys probably pick up on this as well was sometimes they try to like lean into the sort of rules of the game with like every time they cast well every time one of the wizards cast a spell they had to use like a material yeah. thing didn't they yeah yeah they do try and stick to some of the rules but then Profion just kept blasting off thunderbolts he's, like he's clearly a level a much higher level than well, it was actually Potter. that was this was what my favorite scene was going to be Profion's going around and he's blasting anyone that comes close and freeze them throw them to the side freeze them throw them to the side the hero comes in oh fuck he's right out of spell slots <laughs> literally <laughs> now, literally he's has. absolutely defenseless well that's the point where he just starts slapping him with his rod like he uses this fucking magical staff to bitch slap the guy like oh, yeah, melee attacking yeah. right there. Like it's horrendously bad, but it's entertaining as fuck. With the D and D sort of world building things, I think one thing that really boiled my piss. Um, excuse my. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like to, it. To put it in a boil yeah, that piss, Jack. Couldn't boil think of a way to put it. Was putting like they've got they put beholders in because it's Dungeons and Dragons and they're an important part of it. Yeah. But they're meant to be like this really really intelligent creature, which are notoriously hard to sneak up on because yeah. they've got like dozens of eyes. He throws a rock in one direction, <laughs> it runs the other way, and they sprint past it. So not they're, they're dumb and unperceptive. So it's like, why bother putting them in the film if you're gonna just completely ignore what there the wasn't point much. Of the beholders it are? didn't even bother to look around. Yeah, it just it was, turned and ran. It was, and it was kept running. They were just keeping guard, like some sort of. You, you could have used anything for that. You could have. You could use a guard or, dog. You could have literally used a guard dog for that that entire scene. It was completely irrelevant to the rest of the plot we never saw it again it didn't fucking come back did it it was no, just it was like there 30 seconds of we need to put this in the film because it's dungeons and dragons i think that was i mean you, you, the guy he's clearly a fan so it, if you're kind of saying i mean i didn't know much about that creature but if you're saying it's like such a dip a, a betrayal to that creature as, as far as it's what it would be like i wonder why he even bothered putting it in i mean I picked up on the props. I think right through the entire thing, Hannah was furious about the props. Like it seemed to be her one <laughs> sticking point. But you're right; it, it doesn't really rise above like sci sci fi channel made for TV, like Xena Warrior Princess level aesthetics. Like it's never it never looks good. It never looks like it's a forty five million dollar budget. It's film. like they walked into a bargain buy and just picked up everything on the shelves and shoved it into 
Because like my favorite scene was like from that is the Halloween skeleton scene where the the <laughs> hero goes to get one of the quest items from this fucking skeleton. Yeah, it looks like fucking like Clash of the Titans level, like fucking skeleton. Bargain by fucking bones and shit. I think the rod as well, the red dragon rod thing. It looked like something that you'd like a kid would get bubble bath yeah. in for Christmas, like a really one of those weird toys that's got bubble bath in it. That's the only way I can describe how it looked. It was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's um it's not it was it was clearly a film that didn't spend its budget too wisely. I don't know why. I think maybe most of the budget went on Jeremy Irons' paycheck because this was like like post lion king jeremy irons like he was still riding that pretty pretty well i think you said he reminded you of scar a lot all the time well. all the time yeah, like that, he... that very sort of tropey villain with the deep voice and the evil cackle sort of vibe going with scar doesn't he i do feel like i don't know who apart from us idiots who watch these films for fun i can't see an audience for it outside of best worst like i don't see anyone actually sitting down and enjoying this legitimately and thinking it's good because it, it's like the the humor is too juvenile for adults but there's also some really fucking dark scenes like he was there's a scene where the female heroine gets her mind basically like it's it's assaulted basically by these weird worm Just things sucked out of her ears. and it's fucking horrifying and it's like genuinely quite disturbing to watch and like any kid watching this is gonna be terrified because it's, it's <laughs> fucking awful uh, it it does um it does definitely fit quite nicely into the best worst category i think i don't know if it's ever gonna be one of my favorite best worst films but it's definitely an entertaining romp and i'm glad i watched it yeah i don't think we'll watch it again but while we did i was having a good time and that's kind of the point of these isn't it i so, had a lot, I had a lot of fun personally yes. and do you even have a favorite scene oh yeah didn't do my yours. favorite scene Please skip right over it's got to be the time where they conjure the red dragons and it's just a swarm of bats coming at you from <laughs> it's like the screen. birdemic level you said birdemic level fucking cgi didn't you <laughs> I like the bit where they just flash to her being on on the back of a dragon, and we were just because that last battle is so chaotic. Like it's hard to even realize what's happening. It's just colors and noise. <laughs> I think we do need to talk about the costumes, however. Well, yeah, yeah like, it, it falls into the props, doesn't it? That was the, what's what was the elf one called? Oh, I don't remember a name. Just Not... the 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 paper arm shieldings, and then the bodice that is basically yeah. just tits, belly button. She abs. was the empress's seeker. She was an elf and. Yeah, they give her this. They give her the front part of an armor, armored breastplate, basically, with fully uh, endowed tits. Nipples on armor. Nipples, like yeah, Batman Robin style nipples. Um, but nothing else. Like she hasn't got any armor on her back. She's got like a. It's like seems to be tied to her with fucking paper. It's It's held up by positive vibes. Positive vibes. It lacks very basic filmmaking knowledge. You can tell that this was his first film. And it, you can also tell that he, he wasn't really all in it, I don't think. Like his heart definitely wasn't there. I pity but, him a bit because it's clearly a passion project. He was trying to get it off the ground for yeah. 10 years. And then he's just been thrown in, no, you do it. Like, it's just, he, he knew he couldn't really direct. That's why I wanted yeah. to get someone else in. And he was bullied into directing himself by the pressures from up above. And you've got to kind of sympathise with that, I think. Oh, absolutely. It feels like you, you can tell, right? So you can tell it's like this first movie, but everything is generic. Mm. Every character is generic. The storyline is yeah. generic. Even the beginning where Marlon Wayans is talking to the hero and he's just like, oh, you're just a farm boy. What could you possibly do? Q, let's go on an adventure. We're at the magic school <laughs> yeah. and get into mischief. That ends up in the quest. The side character dies. The hero becomes the hero. Everything turns out well in the end. He gets the girl. Every character is generic. The females, mm-hmm. the 
love interest is loud and opinionated and hard to manage. And falls in love with them out of nowhere. And falls in love with them out of... Two days. Yeah. Two, Two days. days. They don't even like each other. They fucking hate each other they and then immediately... Scroll, fell in love mysteriously and then wandered back onto this plane. Yeah, we had no indication of that scene. That just happened off screen. <laughs> they popped back in later and they'd had this whole thing happen where they discussed the plan, what they were going to do. But the other female character, the Empress's Seeker, the elf, was just as bland. She had no personality. She was another stereotype of the career woman that's completely focused, doesn't have time for emotions or anything like mm, that. She's, she's very cold. Seriously. And anyone who wasn't the, the main protagonist was a complete stereotype. Even, even he was him, a stereotype, yeah. A complete stereotype, yeah. The rest of them were not so flattering stereotypes. That's yeah. what I felt like every time a character opened the mouth, they just screamed what race they were or what gender they were at me. Yeah. Like, it was, you are oh. a dwarf. You are an elf, so you must be called, you are a dwarf, oh, so you must so be stupid. Oh, there were so many racist There was a lot. Damn elf. It was bloody mages, <laughs> and bloody get, dwarves, bloody elves. And the thing is, I get that race politics does come up in, in games of Dungeons & Dragons. It is a kind of a, a quintessential element of the actual game. But in a film so vapid, and in a film so devoid of any real, like, ingenuity it's just it comes off as really fucking pointless to try and insert race politics well, and gender politics yeah. group all of the races as commoners yeah. against mages so they don't go into you get mentioned that there's a dwarf there's an elf there's yeah, every mages, single race thief, yeah. but everybody is in that sort of commoner line you know there's no mention of and it doesn't really wrap it up either i don't think that's there's any resolve to those no questions don't even, oh, not no. only is there no resolve there is no beginning to those questions yeah. you're overstating this completely. i really am i'm giving so him more credit than she People are walking around and it's literally just saying, oh, the bloody elf. And they have no reason for it. It's like, yeah, the damn elves. Like, yeah. oh, but he's have... a dwarf. Why are you talking to him? Like, right? Why? why? What's wrong with that? Ask a question. Maybe talk to them. The mage hangs out with a commoner for two days. All of a sudden, she's like, I get commoners it. aren't yeah. as bad as yeah. I thought they she were. But the empress at the end says, it's sorted now. So, you know, that's because we just burnt the city down. <laughs> because we live in like, it. It's all right. We're all, we're all equal now. Everyone lives in Exposition City where the plot is explained to you. Characters discuss openly every single aspect of their lives and what they're doing and what the entire society around them. You don't fucking walk around and talk about this shit in a normal world. Like, this is not, there's nothing. I feel bad that's saying there's so... nothing realistic about a Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> I just feel like that's probably not the best thing to say. I feel like it just totally skipped over two scenes that just weren't shown as well that were really felt quite essential. Like they just yeah. vanished into a map and then came back out and like, oh, we know what to do now. We need to go to here, get the thing. Then we need to go take it over there and get the thing. Oh, and then the dream. And then he was like, oh, I had a dream about this. And you're like, okay, do you not think you should? Do you want to tell us about it? <laughs> it's yeah. Do you not want to show us rather than tell us these things? Because yeah. that makes for better cinema. But it's weird. You know. It's weird. I just think I think props to the actors who clearly knew what they were doing or were just here for a paycheck and were camping it the fuck up. That um Oh, have we talked about Tom Baker? Yet? We haven't. No, he's in that dream scene. He kinda comes in as like a mystic mage kind of guy. Um yeah, healer type who just yeah. like a big monologue and then is never seen again. <laughs> I had only blinked once throughout the entire monologue. He was stared straight directly into the camera's eyes, didn't move once and just said his lines. I, I mean, his voice compensates. I was about completely. to say, it's like, yeah, his delivery overcompensates for everything else. In yeah, the scene, oh, absolutely. In the Doctor Who style healing. Yeah. No. It was oh, regeneration no, yeah. colours, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just regenerating and just sharing some of his essence. 
Confirmed. Standard Doctor Who. Confirmed the Doctor <laughs> Who universe is uh, is a real thing inside of the D&D universe. It's confirmed. The, the D&D My next character is a Time Lord. There we go. Done. <laughs> no, I'm not balancing. <laughs> that's, not happening. that's the thing. It's an enjoyable time waster. It's, again, it's probably nothing we'll ever watch again. It's nothing you'll watch unless you're a fan of Best Worst and unless you're kind of, you understand what you're getting yourself into, I think. Get, again, as with most of these films, grab a few beers and just get your mates around. Well, if you ever can again, who knows? Um, and just enjoy it. Yeah. That's not the end of the episode, guys. You're allowed to say shit as well. I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of looking forward to the 2022 version. I want to see if they redeem I themselves. I want to see it, yeah. Yeah. I want to see, because again, with the, with him being involved, I wonder how much he's learned from this experience. Because again, so he's producing it, not directly. He's producing it, yeah. So I wonder how involved he's going to be. Whether we're not producing just means he's giving them money to help, or whether he's going to be there as a kind of... But uh, I mean, you'd imagine they'd still take him on as a D&D expert to ask questions. I hope so. Check scenes and stuff. I mean, those have them there to tell them what not to do. It's a funny one, though, because Dungeons & Dragons is just a platform to create stories with, isn't it? It's hard to read. Where it feels like, you know, the Lord of the Rings has a story, has a sequence of events. Dungeons & Dragons is kind of whatever you want it to be, isn't it? And I think labelling it as a Mm. commercial product to make a film in, it feels odd. Just make a fantasy film. Just make a, you know, why does it... I don't understand really what Dungeons and Dragons has to do with it, and then that forces them to shoehorn in things like the Beholders just to yeah. make use of the the, the label. It's I not think. it's not the first time, and it's not the last time Hollywood will make a film out of a completely unfilmable property. Like let's think about like battleships and shit like that. Like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Rock'em Sock'em Ro- Pacific Rim. It's gonna happen consistently. I just think yeah, they were clearly un- underprepared with what to expect from this experience, I think. I do think that it was clearly such a misguided project as a whole. No, but I, I, again, I think I'm ready to kind of wrap up with what I feel about this thing. It was it was an enjoyable romp. It was an enjoyable time waster. Props to Bruce Payne. Props to Jeremy Irons. The real MVPs of this film. Mm-hmm. I would have watched them for another hour yeah, and a half. Props, to be fair, to Courtney Solomon for just yeah. giving it a good go. Yeah. Try, giving it a try. You know, he was pushed into it. Fair play, mate. Yeah. It's not the best, but we we enjoyed watching it. I would say definitely definitely worthy of best worst. Probably not the thing I'm gonna revisit too um too soon, but yeah, definitely best definitely best worst material. I had so many issues with this movie. Everything was generic from beginning to end. All of the characters were generic. All of the set designs were generic. They didn't lean into the law where they should have. All the plot points were completely generic. They wasted all of the budget on the CGI, which looks terrible. The practical effects weren't bad at all, uh, at all, and there weren't many of them. At all. <laughs> <laughs> the crystal main scene was probably the like the best looking scene in the entire oh, thing. Yeah, it was quite exciting that scene. Like I had quite a lot of fun with the traps. Pretty fucking exciting. Everything was real. The fire was real. It looked fucking cool. Yeah. But bar that, there wasn't a lot of practical effects going on, and that ruined it a bit. The Straight in with the exposition was a downer for me, and in general, I'm finding it hard to come up with many things that redeemed it, other than some of the really over-the-top fucking hilarious acting. Other than that, though, I'm giving it a fucking... It's a bust for me. <laughs> good good try. You didn't want to do it. I get it. You just picked up things you'd seen from every movie ever. Do yeah. learn to write a female character, though, at least, please. They're, they're the stereotypes terrible. were probably the worst aspect of it, yeah. But, you know, it's it's a bad movie. What can you expect? Hannah Curran. I enjoyed it. I think it lost the, the freedom and the ingenuity that D&D has. Like, it... It seemed to focus on the fact that there's lots of different races and these races are against each other and there's dragons and there's dungeons and there's... Yeah, it got like the the ingredients but not the, the essence. 
yeah, like there was there was no you can have a bit of creativity with D and D, and it's how you sort of you give it a bunch of things you put in these situations, and it's how you sort of handle yourself and get your way out of them. Where it just felt a bit well, it was just a general fantasy film with a, a yeah a few D and D references pulled in, but I did enjoy it. I, I found it <laughs> that was a big hilariously buzz. bad. That was <laughs> um, like telling me everything she hates about it, but I loved it. It's great. It's, it's sort of what made it enjoyable for me the fact that you could just sit back and it was you watched it as a train wreck, not as a yeah. as a genuine film, and and for that it ticked every box. Yeah, I think I it, don't think it did take every box. Uh-oh, I think are we not finished. It's just gonna be movie fights. I think the CGI was <laughs> bad. And I don't think that's a particular ticky box. That just made it hard to watch and nauseating. The acting was somewhat entertaining, which gives it some entertainment value. But then the story completely brings it down. The everything else completely brings it down, other than the acting. What but as else far did you best, like about this? But as far as best worst goes. Terrible, terrible scene. Yeah, I was going to say, as far as best worst goes, I don't think you can ask for a hell of a lot more. I really like the fact that the, the golden dragon just stabbed itself on a treetop and then treetop. Oh my god, no, that was fucking great. It gets shot with like a crossbow. <laughs> and then ball. she's just like, war over. Yeah, like, the, the dragon falls out of the sky, lands on a chapel spire, gets impaled through, and she's like, the Empress. What have I done? <laughs> I think when the film... She, like, she dresses like a fucking mortician in the first scene, the black dress, but she, she speaks like a delicate little butterfly. <laughs> she does, she does. I think, again, I think you're right. Like Any scene that focuses on plot really loses its way a little bit and starts to get kind of convoluted and boring and dull. But any scene that focuses on magical fucking spells and dragons and mm-hmm. colours and random sounds that make no fucking sense and just chaos. That I was, I'm with Hannah and Jack. Yeah, I think this was fun as fuck. Yeah, change of mind when there's no exposition, fucking yeah. best worst. <laughs> when, when they are talking, though, fuck that. <laughs> yeah i think i think that's that's a good place to end as any guys if you have enjoyed today's episode please do check us out on our social medias just uh, search the bad taste buds should that be bad taste buds oh let me do that again <laughs> i don't even know the name of their own fucking socials bad taste buds if you enjoyed today's episode, please do give us a follow and a like on all of our social media pages. Just search Bad Taste Buds and also check us out at www.badtastebuds.org. Com. <laughs> <laughs> I need the www bit. www. slash slash. What's it called? It's a colon, isn't it? That's what it's called. To go on a website, you need an internet browser such as Google Chrome. Internet Explorer or Firefox. Hook up your Wi-Fi. Hook up your modem to the landline. (laughs) No, fucking yeah. Do check us out on our socials and on our our website, guys. Uh, And do remember, if you're listening on Apple Pods, to subscribe. Thank you. Bye.